0: Good morning y'all had a good week hey so uh, i'm looking forward to uh today's message and praise team you did an awesome job this morning though anyway, we should send uh mosaic a, a message and say you want to try out right but listen I, i'm thankful um for another day to preach god's word and i'm thankful that i have a friend in jesus aren't you yes. and i pray as as me and brother paul is talking this week I, I hope as as in a season as this at such a time as this I, I pray that we can walk to the other side and say man that that's a, that's a woman of god that's a man of god that we can stand before the King of Kings and with a, a clear conscience, saying, "Hey, I, I poured it all out." He can say, "Well done." Hmm? If you will with me, bow, bow with me in prayer, Father. We are so thankful that we have a friend in Jesus. But I'm thankful that I can be called a son. We're thankful that we can be daughters of the King of Kings, Father. That we can say that we are chosen, we are bought, we are deemed, we are heirs. We are delivered and father this day i pray the eyes of our hearts and minds are revealed that we are each called each of us in this building for such a time as this to be bold to be courageous to stand and not waver father i pray that the spirit of hopelessness of doubt of fear Father, all things that are not of you be cast out this very hour, in the name and blood of Jesus, amen. Hey, we're going to look at the sovereignty of God and the providence of God today, and we're going to do it a little bit different, so we're not going through 10 chapters of a book uh, due, due to the timing. Um, we're going to start off in Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 15, 16, and 17. And we're going to read those texts, and we're going to go back, and we're going to tell a story of a godly woman named Esther. So we're going to look at the sovereignty of God through Colossians and how the sovereignty of God plays in the story of Esther. And we're going to try to recap, as we did of Joseph's Life last year, or last week, the, the ten chapters of Esther. So y'all ready? Are you sure? As we sit here today, I often thought about th- this week. Who, which of us have longed? For God for God's presence to be on them so powerful that they say hey cut off the flow of water I'm drowning God you're gonna have to hang on a minute how many of us have been through life where it seems the presence of God is absent he's distant the unknown that God is too preoccupied for whatever you're going through that he is unconcerned about... Wait a minute, you just told me I'm a child. He's unconcerned about his children. you ever went through a season of life like that? Can I tell you it's not true? He's not too preoccupied. He's not unconcerned. Hmm? It's a lie. It's a lie. And then you can look back once you get through the season, and you can look back and you can see how he's been evident in the entire situation. Right? And you can see that the enemy was... A liar. He's trying to deceive you, to fill you with doubt and fear and anxiety and all these things. You know, I can look back over the, the short time I've been on this earth and, and see times to where it seems hopelessness and everything is just doesn't seem like it's going to work out. I can look back and see as God has you waiting that He has worked work things out, what the enemy meant for evil. He turned to good, as we learned last week, right? But it takes us realizing that God knows what's going to happen. He knows what's going to happen. Do you realize that there's no 911 session in the Trinity? There's no emergency response session in heaven. There is no plan A, B, C, or D. It's plan A. And even when God f- feels distant or even invisible, we're going to see right here in Colossians that, hey, he's still on the scene. Matter of fact, he's God of the invisible and visible, right? So, as we said, we're going to recap the, the book of Esther. If you would stand with me and we're, we're going to read Colossians 15, 16, and 17. Might as well go for 18 right here. In verse 15, it says, He, who is He? Jesus, Jesus is the image of the invisible god the firstborn of all creation for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth visible and invisible whether watch this watch this because this is important about esther here whether uh, dominions or, or thrones if you are thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created through him and what for him and he is before what all things and in him all things consist and and watch this church here we need to remember this right here verse 18 and he is the head of the body the church christ he's the head of the church who is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead in all things that he may have permanence what is that that he may have first place first place bow with me as you're being seated father god let us reflect that you are king of kings, that you are king of the invisible and visible, Father, and that you want to have first place in our lives. And, Father, when it seems that you are so distant, Father, you're close. Father, let our eyes reflect even this week, the weeks past, the years past, and, and take courage and testify when, when a, a situation seems hopeless, we can look back and see that you are making a way for your people. Father, speak through the, the Word today. Reveal to us. Let your Spirit lead. Father, as our soul and our spirit fight for throneship, Father, may your Spirit reign and be head, be first. We ask these saints your name. Amen. Hey, there's a story told about a cowboy that goes like this. This cowboy went to buy some insurance. I thought about Jerry Feathers when I was reading this thing. He went to buy some, some insurance, and the broker asked him if he had any accidents. He said, no I don't, I don't believe so he said but i was kicked by a horse and chased by a raging bull and then bitten by a snake and all three of those laid me up for a little while and the agent looked back to him he said well what those accidents he said no they were all done on purpose <laughs> they were all done on purpose so I, I i like it that the the guy understood that uh, there wasn't accidents and, and as esther esther is a book in a bible that god's name's not seen there's not even a petition or prayer to god but the whole time god's on the scene so even though we can't see him visibly his invisible hand is working all things accordingly through the whole 10 chapters and and i I think that's that's good to, to say all things flow through the fingertips of god you understand good and bad he didn't cause the bad okay but he allowed okay that's why in Colossians, he was the creator of the invisible and the visible. He was creator of dominions and powers, principalities. Listen, he created all things, but he didn't create them to be evil. They chose that. You understand? You with me? And I love the way Matthew Henry puts it. He said in the book of Esther, he says, But though the name of God is not in Esther, he says, but the finger of God is directing many minute events to bring you about of his people's deliverance so god's finger is on each event bringing about your deliverance you say i don't understand that today listen god's finger god's hand is on your life even when he seems distant and listen there's somebody that needs this there's someone that's still dealing with a lost loved one or, or financial or physical or mental or, or spiritual and it feels like god is so far away but listen god's Finger, his hand is on the situation and he's trying to get the dross out of you he's going to continue to do it until he sees hey his image in you right so god's mind his will his power the presence are working on every page every page so as we we're about to start journeying through the, this book and we're going to see the, uh, uh many people we're going to see a, a king named uh Exurus. and he was a king of a persian uh, empire that ruled over 127 provinces. he was the most powerful man at his time but he was a prideful man he was a man that operated in harsh ways and then he had had this this wife uh queen named uh, uh Vistie, which uh Man, she, we don't know a great deal about her, but what we do about her is she was very strong-willed. She was a, a woman that uh, had a thought process of her own that didn't submit to her husband very well, didn't consult with the king, that, that had a hidden agenda the whole time. And then we seen uh, this officer, the, the head officer to the king, and his name was, was, ha- his name was Haman, but I call him Hateful Haman because, man, this was a wicked man. He was a rich and powerful uh, uh, first officer. But his ways of operating was very harsh. And then we see that uh, a godly man on the scene named Mordecai. And he was a a godly man that was living uh, from the exile in Persia. And and he was most significant role in a relationship that uh, he he was uh, raising uh, Hadesha, which is uh, the Jewish name for um, Esther. What do you mean he, he was raising her? This is his cousin. Mordecai is Esther's cousin. But yet, since she was an orphan, you can pretty much say that he kind of adopted her and took her in, and this is the father figure in her life. And Esther, the name Esther is star. So listen, Esther is, is, is one of the stars through the whole 10 chapter. A woman, the word te- tells us, a woman of outer and inner beauty. So she was a star. I think I find it so amazing about this uh, immortal, invisible, and all-knowing, wise hand of God is working behind the scenes in this situation. Because I want you to understand that God's people were hopeless. God's people were stressed. God's people needed to be delivered, and they thought that all hope was gone. That God wasn't working in their lives anymore. That they had been forgotten. see, that's where we see his gracious hand, his mercy, his grace on an orphan girl. Such providence would be at work in a life of a Jew Jew living in exile in the land of Persia. as Xerxes ruled so harshly a self-serving man. And Haman, a a, a man of evil deceptions. So what, what do you mean providence? What is providence? It comes from a, the Latin word "proventia," okay, which means before. That word "pro" means before, and then we have "ventia," which is from the, uh, uh, the uh, comes from the definition uh, ahead of time. So we see before, ahead of time, and and then we have the diri. Okay, which means to see. And you put all that together, and that's how we come together to see the providence of God, of God seeing ahead of time. That's why it goes back to, to Colossians and reminds us that He is before all things. Before all things. And listen, we, don't have, we have no idea what's going to happen a minute from now. Tomorrow, a week from now, a month from now, a year, year from now, we have no idea. But what we can know is that the invisible God In his providence is continually and constantly working things together for his children and you know what hey hey Christian this is a good thing because through this whole time through this whole time he's not moody he's not fickle he's not a foe he's unchanging he's the same yesterday today and forever can I tell you that he's the God that calls all the shots? And for us folks, sometimes not knowing drives us crazy, right? But I got a God that is all knowing. All knowing. And when he's testing and using us, you know, when when it's easy when he's blessing us, we're thanking him. We're praising him. But man, when when he's testing us, we're squirming, we're running. Hmm. When he's shaking us, we're crying, we're grieving. Listen, we can have confidence that he's in the middle of everything. He never changes. There's a beautiful message for us today in, through Esther. The brokenness. For any Christian who has ever felt crushed or perplexed on, on each side... Who's ever felt uh, the past is so discolored that we're a broken pot, that God, yeah, I'm damaged goods, God can't do anything with me. There's hope in a situation when we're, we're uh, husband and wife coming in and, and we're on the, the men's of quits, that he's still a God able to mend. That, hey, I've sinned too much, he can't forgive. That his love is Everlasting. He's able to forgive, but I'm going to give you some uh, overview, and we're going to move quickly because we're going to cover ten chapters very quickly. Esther two and verse twenty one through twenty three. Let me give you some background here. It sounds uh, insignificant these verse here, but I want you to, to to see how this plays a part of God working what was bad in order to good. It says in those days while Mordecai sat in the king's gate, two of the king's eunuchs big thin and, and Terish, doorkeepers I, I just call them two two of the king's thugs was watching the gate is what i let's just use that the doorkeepers become furious and sought out to lay hands on a and, and the matter become known by mordecai who told the queen esther and esther informed the the King in Mordecai's name, and when an inquiry was made into the matter, it was confirmed, and both of them were hanged on the gallows, and it was written in the book of the chronicles in the presence of the king. So you might be asking, why is this a big deal? Because mark this down: that this event was scribed; they they wrote it down in the books to go back in to reread, and it looks like that Mordecai, what he did was not uh, rewarded. Except the only thing, the scribe wrote it down. But remember, remember that. Now let's look at Haman. Haman hates this dude Mordecai. Cannot stand him because he's a Jew. But because, uh, not, not just because he's a Jew, but because he won't bow down and worship Haman. He won't bow down and serve him. So the, uh, Haman wants revenge on Mordecai because he tells the king about uh, uh, what's, what's going to conspire but Haman goes to the king and he says that he's going to put money into the treasury but he would like like the right to do whatever he wanted to all the Jews but see when Mordecai gets word of what Haman's plotting to do he goes and tells Esther he says Esther don't you think just because you're in the king's palace that you're going to escape this dude's plan He said, don't forget, you may be in the king's palace, but you're a Jew. You're a Jew. Let's see what he says in in chapter 4. It says, Mordecai sent a message to Esther, Esther, saying, Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at the time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But for you and your house will perish. And who knows whether... uh, You have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. He's saying, listen, you have been sent there for your people for such time. He says, if you keep your mouth silent, don't think that you're going to escape the judgment. Don't think that you're going to to miss this this path of this plot to wipe the Jews out. He's saying, matter of fact, if you don't speak up and, and fulfill what God's called you and placed you there for, then he's just going to raise up somebody else who will do it. If you won't do it, somebody else will. So Mordecai had no doubt that the Jews would, would survive the decree of Haman. He was convinced if she didn't, somebody else would. So let me tell you something. Don't miss the opportunity to build the kingdom. Don't miss the opportunity to serve the king of kings. He's called you today For such a time as this, today, all of us, to build the kingdom. Don't miss out. Finish well. Don't miss out. So we see that God is working behind the scenes. We see that then we're going to come to Esther's finest hour. With incredible courage, Esther replies and says, Okay, go. Go and bless all the Jews who are found in Susa. And fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days. Three days or three nights. Fast. This wasn't, you know, this is uh, a a big deal. This was an important thing for, for the Jews. This wasn't a time, and she knew it wasn't a time. This wasn't a time for engulging for, uh, in oneself or feasting. No, she called her people to a time of prayer and fasting because they were in, undertaking a huge event. You know, my kids like this little, uh, I it a cartoon on Right Now Media. It's called Torchlighters. Any of your children watch Torchlighters? Yeah, so they have uh, seen and rewatched. I don't know how many times their favorites. I think some of them are uh, John Wesley and um, Corey Ten Boom and, and Martin Luther. And listen, they were remarkable people, and they remind us uh, uh, about how we should stand, even if we are are alone. That we need to stand. And Esther reminds us uh, of a bold, godly woman who stood for her people in. in no matter what the odds were listen let me give you uh you remember uh uh, the roman church and martin luther and he could have been killed but listen what he says in april 18th of 1521 he says here i stand and i can do no other god help me amen that was his words man god helped him Do you know that God poured out, and that was the start of the Protestant Reformation? God raised up the torch because he stood. Remember Mother Teresa, whenever she stood against the president and spoke against abortion, boldly speaking, who has the guts to do that today? Who has the guts to stand that God's called me as such, as time, as this? Stand. Stand not knowing if I'll live or if I die, stand. Will you stand for what you believe in today? Will you stand? Teenager, will you stand when it's unpopular? Will you stand when they make fun of you? Will you stand when they question your integrity? Will you stand? Listen, Esther walked and stood waiting on God. And you're going to see how she she waited on God. Parents, teach your children. Grandparents, teach your grandchildren. Stand on the Word. God's called you to do that in such time. Esther walked sensitive, courageous she learned it from her cousin Mordecai her mentor her adopted father if you will and when God called she rose to the challenge you say I don't understand well she went to enter the king's courts I want you to understand at that time when she entered the king's courts she'd be executed because see you didn't go in front of the king unless she was called upon see that matter of fact they actually stayed in another house and he the, the women would stay I, I got some vibration can you turn me down just a little bit the women would stay over there and they wouldn't go before the king until the king called on them. But she dro- addressed and, and sat across the courts and the king seen her and Esther 5, 1 and 2, it said, It happened on the third day that Esther put her royal robes and stood in the inner courts in the king's palace across from the king's house. And while the king sat on the royal throne in his royal house facing the entrance of the house, it was when the king saw Esther in the court that, that she found favor in his sight. And the king held out the Esther uh, the golden scepter that was in his hand. And Esther was, was near and touched the top And and listen, you remember last week we said in Proverbs 21.1, it says says this, that the king's heart is like channels of water in the hand of the Lord. That the king's heart is in the Lord's hands. Listen, this is just another uh, story in the Bible where it shows evidence that the king's heart was in the Lord's hands, and an evil uh, king, a prideful king, found favor on God's children. Hmm. Esther walked in with confidence. she didn't cringe, she didn't cower down. she walked boldly in the room. She stood. She was doing a thing that had never been done before. She went before the king without any orders, said, "Here I am, standing tall, confident in the Lord had called her for, for such as time, and she was going to be faithful and walk through it. Hmm. The king says, "What's trouble you troubling you, Queen Esther? And what are your requests?" even to half of the kingdom will be given to you in esther 5 3 he says just tell me what you want if you want up to half of the kingdom i'll bless you with it i'll bless you with it listen here's a moment where she knew what haman was plotting here's a moment where esther could have cut corners hey david do you remember david in the cave listen he had saul right in front of him he could have cut corners Here's another place where Esther could have brought the whole house down on Haman. But she didn't. She didn't. She wasn't in a hurry. She was waiting on the Lord. She was waiting. Listen, when we get in a hurry, we do what? We jump, we try to jump ahead. We do things that we try to, to shoot from the hips if you if you will, try to get control over the situation. We try to to politic, if you will. We try to to work out our uh, agendas. Say, hey, how can we receive them? How can we be more enlightening? How can we get everybody to be more embracing? Listen, God's in control. You can't. You sit still, you wait. If God's part brought it together for such a time as this, then set still, church. Set still. He says, what's troubling you? She could have spun the whole plan and brought the whole plan in one day. She could have put the whole thing out there in one day, but she's going to wait to do it tomorrow. Wait to do it tomorrow. Trusting God's timing trusting God called her he called she called the the king and and Haman to to dinner two different different dinners banquets if you will and the first dinner after Haman goes man he leaves on cloud nine just dancing down the streets but soon when he gets to the gate who's he see he sees Mordecai And as soon as he sees Mordecai, the the anger's rekindled. And when he sees Mordecai standing at the king's gate, he heads home to conversate with his wife and his friends and says, what am I going to do about this? They said, hang him. Hang him high. They say, say this, then his wife and his friends said to him, let a gallows be made 50 cubits high in the morning and suggest that the king, that Mordecai be hanged said go to the king and tell him the story and and hang mordecai hanging and that man that pleased haman he's like that's just what i'm going to do you see in persia the word uh, gallows means a a tree or a stake or a pole but see in persia they they didn't hang them they they penetrated they impelled them over the stake They thrusted it in their body and and they were hung on a pole, a horrible, horrible death. But then we see where God's surprising sovereignty comes on the scene. Can I say about the time you think it's over or it can't get any worse than this? It usually gets worse than this. And man, that's so true for Mordecai in this, this thing, because... He didn't know. He didn't know that there, there was a gallow made for him for tomorrow. He didn't know that. All hope seems lost, but it wasn't. He he could have sat and said, Man, all hope is gone in the situation of Persia, but he didn't. He didn't. He realized that Haman was building uh, uh gallows and planning to put him on it the, the next day. No. If he had realized that, he'd left, he'd have ran and hid. When you look at the story, it seems like it's gone. He could have went, and, and as, as the prophet went in the cave and said, I'm the only one left, he could have too. Licking his wounds and pity on me. No. Remember, when no one seems to notice, God does. God, God notices the courageous decisions the boldness of his sons and daughters. He remembered, he allowed the king to go back and read the chronicles and remember the two doorkeepers, the two thugs that uh, was coming against to kill the king. He remembered that Mordecai saved the king's life. Hey, this Jew saved me. And it was chronicled down, it was written down. And that night, I love this, at, at night, it says this in Esther 6, 1 through 3, it says this, and that night the king couldn't sleep. That night. So one was commanded to bring the book of the records and the chronicles that they could re- be read before the king, and it was found written that Mordecai had told about the two thugs, about taking the, the doorkeepers, how they sought to lay a hand on the king, and then the king said, what honor and dignity has been bestowed on Mordecai? And the king's servants who attended him saying, nothing's been done. Listen, I love that at night. That's the same thing as we've seen in Acts chapter 16 where at midnight, at midnight, God come on the scene. And what? The jailhouse was rocked, man. The chains were loose. At midnight, when they were praying and singing, they were delivered. At night, the Lord come to the king. So then we see the change in this king, how the king goes from a a cold-hearted individual to where the the, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Almighty, to where he starts taking the hard heart, and the light shines in, and the same light that hardens also softens. So God starts to soften the heart of the king. And the first words, that night, that night with God, The 11th hour, when everything seemed hopeless and and nothing could be done, God starts to bring all things together for his people. God starts to bring together. Listen, we need to take a lesson from Mordecai. Not just Esther, Mordecai. Mark it down. Stay faithful. Finish the race when no one else notices. God notices. And he's got a plan for you he's got a plan it may not be today it may not even be in this life it may be on the other side when you have crowns to lay back at the king's feet but either way you will be rewarded he he loves you he created you listen he doesn't want to hurt you or kill you he just wants you to be in his image hmm the king he says he wants something to be done for Mordecai he wants something to be done for this man i want you to look who he uses haman <laughs> oh hateful haman and oh hateful haman man he thinks that this is his chance this is his chance he the king asked him he says what is to be done for the man who the king desires to honor and old Haman, man, he thinks it's going to be him. He's like, well, well, the king should, should bring the royal robe and, and uh, the horse, the royal horse, and, and allow him to pray down the streets and, and, and to be seen and to be cheered up. And the entire time Haman's like, man, this is me. I, I, I'm putting together my party right here. And the old king uh, speaks up in Esther 6.10. He says, take quickly the robes robes and the horse that you have said and do so for Mordecai. And do so for Mordecai. And don't fall short of anything that you said. Anything. (laughs) So man, Haman went and honored Mordecai. And then he went to the second banquet. And you understand that there's already been two times that the king asked Esther, what's troubling you? What's troubling you? see, Esther had a sensitive ear. She was waiting for the time, the waiting for the Lord to move. And the king opened the door for the third time, and she took courage and she expressed her thoughts In Esther 7, 3 through 5, it says the Queen Esther answered. It says, if I I have found favor in your sight, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given to me uh, at my my petition and my people and my request for we have been sold. And my people and I had to be destroyed and to be killed and to be annihilated and have been sold for male and female slaves and i have been I held my tongue although the enemy could never compensate for the king's loss and so a answered and said to the queen esther who, who is he and where is he and who dare presume in his heart to do such a thing man things changed things changed god was moving god's moving god flipped the script right here listen god can move a community an entire nation an entire nation he can change the minds and the hearts of your spouse that you've been fighting for for against for years Hmm. he can change minds he can heal relationships that have been broken and need to be mended He can can allow the blind to see. He can make the the visible and the invisible known. By Him, remember Colossians, by Him all things were created in heaven. And that there are on earth, visible and invisible. That's God. Listen, remember that He lives in the realm that transcends everything, all that. He's all-powerful, all-knowing. He's ready to move. And listen, when he moves, hang on, because it's beautiful. He's beautiful, but sometimes we're not ready for it. Listen, this is Tennessee Avenue. Hear me, church. We must be a people united together for God to move. And if we're not united together, then we can't receive what God has in front of us. God's called us together for such a time as today. Receive it. stand we see Esther here clothed in strength and 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 dignity and courage and she says she says a foe and an enemy is the wicked man Haman and Esther 7 6 and to support the claim the enix the gatekeeper says yeah the gallows standing at Haman's house were 50 cubits high he had planned on he had made them for Mordecai And see how the script was was flipped. The king was so furious, he said, well, you know what? Now it's for Haman. Hang Haman on the gallows. God is God. He does what he wills. His pleasure, his glory, his plan. Hmm? His sovereignty. His unseen hand. Listen, the thing is that me and you need to be sensitive of the moments where God is moving and intervening on our behalf when He's telling you to stand still, be still, receive, let go. Have the mind of Christ let him renew things daily. And you got to let go of yesterday and, and to, to receive today or to have hope for tomorrow. So while you're waiting, get into the word. Get on your knees. Wait. Don't move. Wait. Exodus 14:14 14, 14 says, The Lord will fight your battles on your behalf. Wait. Wait stand still and then you'll see the fourth thing that the walls will come tumbling down the walls fall eventually no matter how well or constructed listen no matter how cold-hearted how stubborn how strong-willed listen the walls are coming down no matter how much pride no matter how strong you are all hearts are changeable And we see that through the king who was full of pride and arrogance. And now he's full of compassion and care. It shows that there's no gap wide enough, no chasm great enough that God cannot mend. No wall that can be built that he cannot tear down. God is God. God is powerful. And we're no match for the living God. you remember proverbs 21 1 that we've read for two weeks i want you to write it down so i want you to proverbs 21 1 we're going to reread it normally it should read this it says the king the, the king's heart is like channels of water in the hand of the lord he turns it wherever he wishes and every man's way is right in his own eyes but the lord weighs the heart can we reread it can we take the king out can I read it to you? Can I make it personal for me? Andy's heart is like channels of water in the hand of the Lord. Are you seeing that? Take the king out, and I want you to plug your, plug your name in there. Listen, there's no heart that he does not will. There's no individual that he does not love. He can change any heart. No past is too far to be mended no situation is is hopeless god has plans for his people listen when the king's heart was soft and god provided a way god provided a way you see once the king's heart had been softened and haman had been took off the picture the jews were able to to take up for themselves to attack anyone who come against them to to plunder and take ownership of their possessions what man thought was they thought that was recorded and set in stone god revised god revised he made it recorded and read Listen, brothers and sisters, we're going to come to a close and remember Colossians. He, Jesus, Jesus. Listen, this is the rank of Jesus, the invisible God for the firstborn of all creation. For him by all things were created that are in heaven and are are on earth, visible and in, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things in him and all things consist. Listen, he was, this is God's sovereignty, his, his hand, his unseen hand that is working in our lives, that is working in the lives of, of Esther and Mordecai and God's people. As for such a time as this, you are caught. Will you stand as Esther? Will you be bold as Mordecai? Even if it costs me my life, so be it, is what she says. Even if I go before the king and he takes me out, so be it. Will you finish well? Will you finish well? Will you take the risk of faith that God's calling you into today? Will you take the risk? God's calling you to do something. Will you walk in it? Are you willing to obey God even when the outcome is uncertain? Hmm. When you can't see the next minute, if He says go, will you go? Even if it costs you everything. Sell your boats, your nets. Give the family a hug and go. Church, don't let the time that we have been giving on this earth pass you by. As we've seen the video at the start, how precious time is. We don't know the next minute, the next hour, whatever. Redeeming the time. Cherishing the time. God's called you today for such a time. Stand with me as we pray. Father, we thank you for allowing us to be a part of your your kingdom. Father, to be servants to build your kingdom. And Father, we know that you have called us accordingly to your plan for such a time as today. Even when... Uh, it looks like chaos going all around us. Father, you, all things are working together right on your plan. And Father, may our eyes and, uh, and our hearts seek you, put you first in our lives. Not distracted by the storms and the chaos. Father, know that you have placed us and that you have something in for us. May we walk in the plan that you have for us in boldness. Father, you're calling some people out in faith today to receive you as Lord and Savior. May they walk boldly, not ashamed, for they have today received everlasting life. Father, you're calling teachers and and missionaries. Father, you're calling the church to come into unity. Father, to go pray for where division has been made. Father, for individuals to be reconciled in relationships with each other and with you. Father, may your spirit be known and we listen. And may your spirit be the king that's on a throne in our lives, not us. Father, we're asking that we're able to let go of yesterday and receive today. Father, may your spirit weave us together to build your kingdom and not look back. And have courage that the gates of hell will not prevail in your church. We ask these saints your name. Amen.